Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, Liberty lovers, and thank you for tuning in to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts. It is the 27th of January, 2013, and wow, that's all I got to say. Over the last week, we have seen Congress, we've seen government officials, bureaucrats, everybody running around crazy about... The guns. So we'll get into that a little bit later. I do want to get into some other stuff. It's probably the reason for the gun move. But uh, anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, Jake Counts here coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. And I wanted to get into, first of all, I'm not really a super religious person. But for those of you that know AM Talk Radio or have listened to a lot of radio growing up, you've probably heard of this guy called Paul Harvey. Well, Paul Harvey did a clip back in 1965 that was called If I Were the Devil. And it is just unbelievably chillingly convincing that he just lays all this stuff out. And basically, line by line, these things are now happening. Well, why are these things happening in our society? Well, you know, we went from the most educated society in the world to now we're like not even in the top 25. So that's part of the problem with the federal government running our school system, which, gee, I wonder what they're going to teach them about. I wonder if they're going to talk about... Liberty and freedom and independence, it's probably not. It's going to be some kind of skewed, especially when you get to college. It's a very liberal atmosphere. And I don't hate the word liberal because it just – it's it's a division word, much like the – you know, conservative is a division word, you know. But it's it's the ideology that the state will take care of you, that you don't need to take care of yourself, that the state will do it and just grant more authority to the state. And everything will be fine. So now we're here at this humongous state. Now I've got clips on the wazoo for this. But I do want to play the Paul Harvey stuff to get us going here. And the reason that this is so powerful, once again, this was made almost 50 years ago. And it's not that these guys are clairvoyant. It's just that they understand human nature. Human nature... Human, let's see, especially in, in in the government realm, once you get to the top tiers of government, it's about command and control. And we talk about that in my organizations a lot. You know, I'm involved in a couple of different organizations, and it's always about control. It is not about we the people. It's not been about we the people for a long time. That's why we had, you know, 2% of the world's population and 50% of the wealth and now it's all going offshore because we're going under globalism. 
which for you that don't know, globalism is here to bankrupt the United States in order for us to fall in line with all these other nations around the world. We are the police state arm for the New World Order, a.k.a. the global government, whatever you want to call it. We're the enforcement arm. The UN troops follow right behind. I mean, they are – they're the money grabbers. Anytime that there's any kind of scuffle and they're going to have quote-unquote humanitarian aid, meaning we're going to drop bombs on you in order to get you to submit to what we're doing, and then we call it regime change, which is ridiculous. It's an overthrow. It's a violent overthrow of a government, but we just call it regime change, and it's okay because you know Assad's bad, and, and, and they're Muslims over there, and then you have the ignorance of the American population playing on that, and so it just makes for a nice little fun game that the prostitute mainstream media can play off the American people. Well, I am not here to play games. I'm here to give you the facts. I'm here to give you the analysis as I see it. I am here to shake you out of your trance and let you know that you are part of an empire. I know you didn't get an email on this, and I know you didn't get a memo on this, and you probably didn't even get a uniform out of this, but we're part of an empire, everyone. And this empire is slowly turning itself towards globalism. The loss of individual sovereignty as a nation, the loss of your individual freedom because we'll be under the collectivist model around the world. And as we've seen, collectivism always works out so well in these other nations like uh, Stalinist Russia, um, Mao's Cambodia, I mean everywhere. I mean, it's just, I, I think I just mixed that up. Malas in China, excuse me. In Cambodia and all these other countries where, you know, our government will fund, you know, if you guys want to have a hostile takeover and you want to enslave some people and give us some minerals, we'll help you fund it. No problem. But it's not really our government, guys, and you have to get down to that. It is not our government that's doing this. It's the Federal Reserve System that's doing it. And they're not doing it because they they like they like money. They got enough money. They like domination. They like to bring the pain. To coin a um a newer term, I guess. They like to enslave, they like to get all these minerals for as cheap as they can. And that's why you had the big Tony twenty twelve push, which the off-mainstream media kind of crushed that little facade after a couple of weeks because they're trying to figure out a reason for AFRICOM to go and invade to get these minerals. And for those of you that listened to the show when I did the breakdown of Coney 2012 and talked about how it was a fraud and nobody's seen this guy for like six years, you look into it and it's like, oh, oh, you guys have mineral deposits. Oh, you have one of the largest sweet crude deposits on the planet. Oh, but we're just going to station some guys over here just to kind of you know keep you guys safe. And now, I think the American public is starting to realize that the police state, that the keeping us safe from Al Qaeda, is it ain't for Al Qaeda guys. It's for you guys. Hey, yay! That's why the NSA comes out and says, hey, yeah, we're spying on you. But 
we're just going to keep it in this big database, and it's only going to last for 100 years, and yeah, we're going to collect all your data, but we're not going to read it. And then for those of you that have been on my, my site or my YouTube channel, I just uploaded a video a couple of days ago. It's my first, I guess, cut for the radio show to try to get some try to get some traction out there to get people to understand what we're really about here. And it's I mean, it is just creepy what's going on here. It's like, yeah, we're spying on you and yeah, we can pull all your data and yeah, we can map everything together and yeah, we can pull your basically your entire life. What are you gonna do? And so now the American people are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're spying on us without warrants. You're openly trashing the Constitution. We're funding all these wars and we're a broke nation. And everywhere I go, I get demonized as the bad guy. I'm the criminal. The civilian is the criminal. And yes, guys, that's, that is the new society here. You are the criminal. You are the food for the Federal Reserve and the humongous, gigantic government that we have. Now, how are we going to change that? Grassroots is the only way we're going to do it, guys. I'm involved in some grassroots stuff. You need to get involved in some grassroots stuff. So anyway, before I get off into that tie right here is the Paul Harvey clip, and then I'll be back on the other side to break it down and in. It is powerful. So everybody take a listen. Thanks for listening to the show this morning. Call in if you want, 602-753-1916. If you guys want to get on the air, I'll pull you up. Let me get into a couple of the news items, and then we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you want to talk about the Federal Reserve System, if you want to talk about fiat money, if you want to talk about gun control, whatever. But if it is a galvanizing topic, I'm going to give you my opinion, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it is going to be set in stone because I am open for a debate, unlike some people that I've known over in the past. So here's Paul Harvey clip. Check it out. If I were the devil... If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, 
I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. 19... Yeah. 1965, everyone. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy that I had so much foresight and know what was going to go on in this country? It is really sad, isn't it? Almost everything that he said in that clip has come true in one way, shape, or form. So what we look at when we look at our society here in the United States is one that's teetering on the edge of moral collapse. It's not really a collapse per se of, um, I guess, economic capacities, I guess. We're looking at a moral collapse of our society. Because everybody's too enthralled with television and popular culture. Because what the ratings people have figured out and what the big networks have figured out is that um, is if you can make the pop culture about um, – or if you can make you know just mindless garbage popular, then you've got a really methodology of control, really good one. Because now what you have is you have a distinct divide in people that are trapped into the matrix of television and pop culture and all those things. And then you have people that are on the outside looking in, mainly looking at what our government is doing and what our leaders are doing and are going, what in the heck is going on? So I do want to get into the money situation first. And there's a clip here from Bloomberg, and if you guys are watching this um, on the rebroadcast on Blog Talk Radio, you might see some slides. I don't know if it'll work, but you'll see some slides. And one of the slides is from um, is from this agency that Bloomberg covers in this um, in this radio clip. But basically, it talks about oh my gosh, inflation's out of control. Yeah, hey, it's the only thing that we can do. Is going to inflation, and Bernanke says that he doesn't want a debt ceiling, so we can just go hyperinflation, which is basically printing more money and devaluing devaluing the currency for everyone. So everybody's purchasing power gets screwed. Not the people at the top because they're all offshore and they've got all their banks and 
you know, and, and they've got all of their investments in, in commodities probably. And, yes, the Fed will probably let them know when they're about to start printing the money so they can move all their assets around and, and still make billions while the rest of us get slowly and slowly stripped from our wealth, get it eroded, if you will. So here is a Bloomberg clip because I want to talk about the financial aspect of things, and then I want to get into the the gun part of things, and then I want to start recognizing some people. And yes, I want to start recognizing these people because these are sheriffs around the nation that are taking a stand, and I want to recognize three of them that are right here in my state. So if you guys are listening here in the state of Georgia, we've got three sheriffs that have openly come out and said that they are not going to support any legislation that comes down from Washington to restrict the Second Amendment. Bravo, guys. That's what we need. Sheriffs are the supreme law of the land. Remember that. Some municipality police chief, now you can just go stand in line, boss. The sheriff is the only one elected by the people, so therefore he has the authority over everyone in that district. He's the rule and law of the land. So here is the Bloomberg clip on inflation, and then I want to talk about Davos. Oh, yay, nothing's going on here. Just the elite of the elite meeting together and talking about finance. Isn't that so fun? They're trying, they're rubbing their grubby little hands together trying to figure out how they're going to peel the last piece of the onion away from the United States. We need to keep peeling these guys and shredding these guys until this thing is curtains, so we can get all this money. It's the same thing they've done in Europe. So here is the Bloomberg clip, and like I said, hopefully you'll be watching the slides and then just see what I'm talking about because the, the first slide is the clip of the Federal Reserve System, and the second slide is the clip of what an exponential function looks like. And there's no stopping the exponential function, everyone. It'll just keep going up and up and up. So here is the inflation clip. Okay, the question is, who says there's no inflation? And the answer is the Federal Reserve, which is ironic when you see uh, our single best chart. It's from a paper published by Carmen Reinhart and Ken Rogoff. It was presented last week, and it goes back. It goes all the way back to 1775, this hockey stick inflation. 100 years ago, in 1913, the Fed was created, and we've marked it with a vertical line there. Consumer prices now are about 30 times higher than they were when the Fed was created in 1913. And according to Rogoff and Reinhardt, this pattern repeats itself across almost all countries. Yeah. Certainly, the gold standard was abandoned. Adoption of fiat money also came to play, but this also the economy was mandate of yeah, the Federal Reserve, though. Yep, there you go. So they're starting to get the picture here. Everybody's starting to get the picture that the Fed is really what's going to drive us into oblivion. You know? They are. They're going to drive us into oblivion with this inflation. And no, it's not going to happen tomorrow, guys, so don't don't start panicking. But anytime Bernanke says something, I mean, he gave a speech back in 2002, I think it was. I posted it on my website. You guys should go read it. It's like six pages long. I sent it to everybody that I know. I sent I mean, I sent copies of this thing to everyone. Because he basically walks through exactly what he's going to do. He's like, "Well, if we're ever faced with what what they call deflation, which is inflation to us, it's like if we're ever faced with this, we're going to monetize debt, then we're going to do this in incremental steps, and we're probably going to increase the money supply, and we're going to do all this stuff. And it's exactly the playbook that they're following, and you wonder why I get up here and rant and rave because they've said in speeches what they're going to do to you. Just because you don't want to go look at it because it's kind of scary, I guess, 
But I would – look, if somebody's going to come and take my money, if somebody's going to come and take all the stuff that I've worked for throughout my entire life, and they're just going to peel it away one penny at a time, two pennies at a time, and then all of a sudden it's dollars at a time, I want to know about that because I want to be able to prepare myself. So what is really the heart of the problem here? Well, the heart of the problem is unfortunately our banking system is completely flawed. And then you've got these goobers over in Davos, these the elite of the elite of the elite that are going to go over there and they're going to talk about who knows what. They're probably they're spending a lot of time on finance, but then there was this article that I thought was absolutely hysterical and I'll post this. And it talks about um it's Davos divided on tackling the scourge of obesity. So why do we need these guys in here talking about the obesity? Well, obesity is very, very challenging, people, because there's a lot of health risks that go along to it. And then with the new Obamacare and stuff coming in, there's going to be a lot of money associated with this. So what they're trying to do is they're going to go ahead and set the precedent that if you smoke or if you're obese or if you're out of shape, then that's just tough stuff. You should have taken care of your body, You know, not saying it's a quote-unquote death panel, but we're just not going to give you the care that you need. So that's how they get you. The socialized medicine is not there to help everyone. I mean just listen. Just read Thomas Sowell's book, Basics of Economics, and he talks about how the care is going to deteriorate. Well, he doesn't talk about it necessarily per se for the American public because at the time that he revised his book, the United States wasn't over, uh, under a health care policy like we are now. It was free market, as free market as it can be without you know the guys at the top skimming the money off. But he talks about the collectivist model and how dangerous it is for elective surgeries, for things like that. And you know, in, in, in America, people don't wait three months for an elective surgery. Over there, in in the UK, you have to wait three to six months for an elective surgery. An elective surgery, guys, is like a hip replacement. I mean, you can't get around, but you know, it's elective because you're not going to die from it. And then he cites all these different cases of people that had like. You know, brain tumors and things like that, completely operable. And then uh, we're going to push that out. We're going to push your data out. We're going to push your data out. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's not operable anymore. Sorry. Sorry. And then you just say, well, Jake, why can't you just circumvent the the government system? No, no, no. You don't understand. You have to go to the government facility first, get checked in, and then they have to refer you out to a private vendor. So everything's going to have to go through the system, guys. It's getting super creepy. Everything's going to go through the system. And then they're talking about, well, get ready for a financial challenge, but now we want we want to take your firearms because we want to make everybody safe. No, no, no. And then I do have something to say about the John Stewart thing that he oh – gosh, I think it was two weeks ago. I like your comedy, John Stewart, but you talk about how the American public is – Afraid of some dystopic future, that we're afraid that that's why we don't want the guns taken. It's some, oh, we can't address our problems in the present because of some dystopic future that you guys are imagining. No. If my government wasn't doing dystopic things, then I wouldn't care. Sure, take my guns. But I've got 
the president of the United States secretly arresting people, launching drone attacks, killing innocents, nobody bats an eye because we're getting the bad guys, quote-unquote bad guys. On top of that, I have him coming out with executive orders saying that, no, we need to respond to guns and we need to do something about this. We need to pass legislation to circumvent the Constitution, which you can't do. So that's another red flag. On top of that, we have Leon Panetta, the chairman of our armed forces. Actually, not the chairman. Excuse me. We have the armed forces committee, the entire committee coming out and saying, well, if we get a resolution from the UN, we're going to use American troops. I've got the clip right here. I'll play it for you guys. I'll play it for you later if I got time. So that's number three. Number four, you got the NSA openly spying on the American people. Number five, the government has bought 1.6 billion rounds of ammunition. What do I think it's for? Like I said, I think I think that if it, if it's any kind of strategic plan to take the firearms from the American people or at least curtail the sale of firearms, that the administration put this in a long time ago knowing that they might win the second term because it was all set up because you ran against empty suit. You ran a moderate against a hardcore liberal. It's just it's joke. Way to go, Republican Party. Good job, guys. Not saying the Republicans are any better. I mean, it's just more warmongering, more police state, whatever. Just with a different, you know, Sean Hannity would have got better ratings, I guess. I don't know. So, 1.6 billion bullets. I think that they just bought that to get go ahead and take all the bullets off the marketplace. And just make it even more tough so when they have this legislation come through, make it an easier deal. But they can't confiscate the guns, guys. That's the whole thing. They can't. It's Second Amendment. Well-regulated militia. I mean, it's it's there. It's in stone. I mean, it's – you know, there's a reason it's not one line that says, well, you know, you could have guns if the government says so. No, no, no. <clears throat> founders came from tyranny. The founders understood – Tyranny is the default. <coughs> it's a default for any government because you're going to get bad people that get in charge. So transitioning into – or excuse me, sticking with the fiat money situation, I've got Ron Paul's last straight talk. I'm going to go to that, and then after that on the backside, I'm going to start breaking down the gun thing. I just gave you five points. Of our government becoming out of control and dystopic. Meanwhile, the establishment goes, hey, you guys are worried about a dystopic future. Quit being paranoid. Quit being fear mongers. So anyway, I'll break this down on the backside, but here is the Ron Paul straight talk. Hello, this is Ron Paul with your weekly <laughs> update for January 21st. Last week, President Obama bluntly warned Congress that he will not negotiate when it comes to raising the statutory debt limit. If Republicans attempt to use a debt ceiling vote to win concessions on spending from the White House, Mr. Obama threatened simply to raise the limit by executive order or other unilateral action. This is business as usual in Washington. Democrats literally do not believe we have a deficit and debt problem and reliably propose greater borrowing and spending. Republicans talk a good game when it comes to government debt, but have no credibility to argue against deficits or abuses of executive power. 
Brinksmanship ensues and ugly compromises are reached at the 11th hour. We all lose as the endless borrowing and money printing further erodes our dollar and our economy. Keep in mind that the federal government spends about $100 billion more each month than it collects in taxes. This means roughly 40% of every dollar Washington spends is borrowed to be paid back only in highly devalued, newly created money. Ultimately, this can only lead to the destruction of the U.S. dollar, as history plainly teaches. In the face of this reality, Obama just shrugged, turning to demagoguery and talk of little old ladies' Social Security checks. Like Obama, far too many Americans view federal debt as a non-issue. Consider Paul Krugman, America's most reliable Keynesian economist and a beloved figure among mainstream journalists. He recently wrote an article about the debt limit issue in which he discussed a controversial proposal to have the federal government simply create a platinum coin with a face value of a $1 trillion. Quote, here's how it would work. The Treasury would mint a platinum coin with a face value of $1 trillion or many coins with smaller values. It doesn't really matter. This coin would immediately be deposited at the Federal Reserve, which would credit the sum to the government's account, and the government could then write checks against that account, continuing normal operations without issuing new debt, close quote. To be fair, Mr. Krugman acknowledges that minting such a coin would be an accounting trick, but he is dead serious about this option for the Obama administration. This, then, is the state of modern economic discourse in America, where a respected New York Times economist literally can propose creating money for nothing and have the idea taken seriously. Kirksman's suggestion is just another variant of the endless stimulus proposals, which purport to create greater aggregate demand in the economy by creating more money. Whether this is done by the Fed or the Treasury is of little importance as long as government is creating demand-side growth, however artificial. In just a few short sentences, Professor Hans Hermann Hoppe eviscerates the Krugmans of the world by pointing out the obvious. If governments or central banks really can create wealth simply by creating money, why does poverty exist anywhere else on Earth? Why haven't successive rounds of quantitative easing by the U.S. Fed solve our economic recession? And if Fed money creation really works and doesn't create inflation, why haven't Americans gotten richer as the money supply has grown? The truth is obvious to everyone. Fiat currency is not wealth, and the creation of more fiat dollars does not mean that more rice, steel, soybeans, iPads, or Honda Accords suddenly come into existence. The creation of new fiat currency simply strengthens a fantasy balance sheet, either by adding to cash reserves or servicing debt. But this balance sheet wealth is an illusion, just as the notion we can continue to raise the debt limit and borrow money forever is an illusion. Thanks for calling this update. New update is placed on this site. All right. So there's Dr. Ron Paul once again giving you the breakdown of the fiat money. It's not real wealth. Shocker to everyone that follows the liberty movement. You are already aware that fiat money is not wealth. And 
You're probably also aware that China does own the majority of our debt. But did you know – and you can actually look this up on Google. I'll actually put it on the website, wearenotcattle.net, when I do my show article links because I do have some articles I want to get to here. Did you know that China is actually buying land here in the United States? They've already bought you know, the rights to create some of these films here. They bought one of the biggest movie studios on the planet. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. So the integration now. Now we're into the integration phase, and it's going to be slow, everyone. So the announcement of world government has <clears throat> is now in existence. Now they're letting the sheep know, hey, guess what? We're about to, you know, we're about to put everybody under this this whole umbrella of global government. You know, five years ago, you were a conspiracy theorist. If you said there was any such thing as the North American Union or, you know. Africon or any of those other different unions that they're coming up with, that they're just going to merge together, and it will be you know a step by step, tier by tier process. Anybody that's looked into this stuff will see how they're implementing all of these things. <clears throat> well, what the main problem with their global government agenda was that once again the United States had two percent of the population of the world and had fifty percent of the world's wealth. So we got to get rid of that somehow. Because there's only two ways to break a country. One is by one is by sword, and the other is by fraud or financially conquer them. I can't remember if that was Patrick Henry that said that. I'll have to look it up there in one of the clips, and I'll let you guys know. But that's what you're looking at. You're looking at financially conquering the world. I know that sounds crazy. Believe me. Listen, if this stuff wasn't this crazy… I could not make it up. Literally could not make it up. I could not make it up that CNN and MSNBC are running news articles like this, and this will transition right into the Second Amendment argument. Okay, so if they're going to collapse society, why do they want the guns? Because, once again, guys, it's all about control. They have to have control. They cannot have the gigantic collapse where everybody wakes up to the whole fraud of the Federal Reserve System, just like that woman said on the on the uh, Bloomberg clip. Well, this is all over the world. Of course it is. They have figured a way to position you as a nation to get you to sign on to a bunch of phony debt, <clears throat> and then they're going to bankrupt you. And then they're going to hold a sausage, much like they've done in all these other countries. So I'm going to play this clip here because, I mean, this is from… Confessions of an Economic Hitman, the author that wrote this, because it, it piggybacks right into what we're dealing with. <clears throat> we are dealing with people that are really, really nasty, guys, and they don't give a flying rip about you. They don't. They don't care about me either. They don't care. They just see the end goal, which is more money, more power, more minerals. Can, how cheap can I get them? Gut this company, lay off 3,000 people. How much profit can we make on the back end moving out the door? <clears throat> a great, a great show that I watched the other night, and I'll have to, I'll have to pull it up. But it was by it's Don Cheadle's show. It's like House of Lies or something like that. I think it's what it's called. It really gives you a depiction of what goes on because he develops a. It's not really a scheme, but it, he knows how the the population is going to react. So in the very first episode. They go in as a consulting firm and go to this big bank, and they say, listen, here's what you need to do. <clears throat> Come out with this austerity package. You know, 98% of the people won't follow through. Just make it a really long, lengthy process. 
8% of the people won't follow through. The other 2% make the regulations so stingent that they never get anything. But then on the backside, you guys get all your bailouts and you get all your kickbacks and you get all your big money and your payoffs. Meanwhile, you look like the hero and you get to pose as a savior to everybody as the, you know, I'm the big reformist, I'm the big austerity guy. And it was just amazing because that's what these guys do. Bernanke just sat there and told Ron Paul, he's like, well, you know, inflation doesn't really – no, we can just, you know, we can raise the debt ceiling. That's fine. And then Ron Paul holds up an ounce of gold, and he goes, do you think this is money? He's like, no, I don't. I think that my paper fake ones and zeros money is money. And the entire population is now on to this, or at least most of them are. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So how come last year 16 ounces of coffee was 9.99? Now I get 14 ounces of coffee for 9.99. That doesn't seem right. Well, that's just what happens. Prices go up. And now the population is starting to get aware that wait, why why do these things go up? Oh, it's because of the Federal Reserve. What's the Federal Reserve? Oh, it's a private bank that loans your government money and interest. Ooh. Private? You mean private? Who owns it? We don't know. Bunch of dudes. Guaranteed 6% return on their investment. Yes, the Fed is a double-edged sword, guys, because believe me, we would be – we would have been crushed as a nation a long time ago if we didn't have the printing press. But what you're starting to see now is you're starting to see nations start to line up and say, okay, we're going to come for your debt, especially China. We're going to start buying land over there. We're going to start doing this. This is a very slow integration slash takeover by the world elite, I guess, if you will, or the world bureaucrats, the guys that really, really, really want this world government. So bad. So bad. They want to make you their slaves. So bad. And I know that sounds crazy, everyone. Listen, life is crazy. Wake up. Life is nuts. In the UN treaty that TJ and I covered six months ago… Where they talked about gun confiscation here in the U.S., you're going to have to register everything with the U.N., all your bullets and stuff. That stuff's coming. What do you think this Obama stuff is? That is the precursor to all this stuff. He's The reason he wants the refined NIC system and all that stuff is so they can just integrate that with the U.N. Guaranteed is part of the plan. And then they're going to have psychological evaluations. And you have a lot of people fighting this because they realize that if the guns go, liberty goes. Poof. It's gone because if you have no way to protect yourself from a government that's buying 1.6 billion bullets and all these armored freaking tanks and stuff like that to put in local municipalities, and then the municipalities the grandstand and stick the chest out like, ooh, look at us. we got a SWAT truck. Listen, you live in Twin Peaks, Atlanta. You are ridiculous. You have white picket fences and… And three hundred thousand and five hundred thousand dollar houses everywhere. What in the hell do you need a SWAT truck for? Oh, because in case some girl takes a little bubble gun to school and blows bubbles at somebody and then gets suspended. Complete demonization of firearms, and it's everywhere. Because you got to stir up the people. It's like kicking over the anthill. You got to stir them up. <clears throat> 
what they've done is they've stirred up the population now, and it's all about the Second Amendment. They stirred us all up. Now, now what they're going to do is they're going to get their minions of the system to line up, and they're going to use propaganda. Believe me, they're going to use propaganda, everyone. This is not me. This is just – this is the playbook. This is what they do. <clears throat> they stir you up. They get you emotionally charged so that you have to have a reaction. Remember, that's what the mainstream media is there for. They want the reaction. They don't care about anything else. They don't care about informing you. They, don't, they want the reaction. They want the stirred up. They want the buzz. They want the, the attention on it. That's why you see all these guys coming out and saying, yeah, we should get rid of the second. Yeah, we should yeah, We should probably do this. Yeah, we should probably shoot Alex Jones in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do all this stuff. And the reason that they do it is because they're going to create division. And it's going to be you're either with the state, you're with the U.S. family, as Rahm Emanuel calls it. You're not part of the American family. Dude, I mean, come on. Why don't I just put a black uniform on you with a big skull at the top, and then you can run around and teach people esoteric stuff, and then and we could just relive Nazi Germany all over again. We can just do that because that's what you guys would like. And I'm not saying that that's every liberal people because most liberals are pretty smart. They just want they just want people to be like them. And li- listen, I-, I can side with you 98%, but guess what? 2% people are crazy, guys. You got to get over that. I know you're well educated. I know that you think that this is a very logical you know, this is very logical. If we just take away the guns, then all the gun violence stop. No. The criminals are not going to give a rip if they have guns or not. I mean, if guns are legal. They deal drugs. They traffic people. I mean, do, do you really think that they care if guns are legal? All that stuff's illegal. They're already doing it. But that no, that'll change it. So once again… You have to keep the population armed because the threat of tyranny is always there, and it's not immediate, everyone. It is not right around the corner. It's not, well, they're going to build FEMA camps and all. Listen, I understand how crazy it sounds. Yes, and then they admit to it. Yeah, we got FEMA camps, but you know, it's not like that. Yeah, it's world government, but it's not like the world government that you're thinking, and it's like Twilight Zone stuff. But just understand that this is the battle right now. It's political. I don't want it to be physical. I don't think anybody does. Get politically involved. Call these people. Call your sheriff and be like, look, man, are you going to – first thing I did, as soon as I heard about that legislation, reached out to my sheriff's department, local sheriff, and said, hey, are you going to support this? And they're like, no, we're always going to support your Second Amendment. Okay, great. Good. I got a good guy on my side. But make sure they're good. Don't don't get some follower, because then that'll be trouble. So here's a clip from Fox News with Dennis Kucinich. Now, keep in mind, everyone, Dennis Kucinich is a Democrat, and he's a liberal. And Sean Hannity, of course, I'm going to break this down as it goes along, or actually afterwards, and I'm going to take some things that they do say, because it's really powerful. Because Dennis Kucinich, it doesn't matter if you're liberal, conservative, look. I don't care. As long as you follow the Constitution and know that the things are going on in our government are not really right with the Constitution, and that's the founding document. That's the blueprint. That's the path. That's the plan, 
And if you deviate, then you get you get Federal Reserves running your monetary system. You get you know the UN Security Council running your you know running your military, and, and that's what you get. So you need like a re-upload. You need you need a redirection back to the Constitution. And every, oh, it's old. And no, 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 no. Look, once again, like I said before, the Magna Carta is old, but that just says you can't steal from people and kill anybody. That seems like a pretty good deal to me. I think that's pretty common sense, and most of the things in the Constitution are common sense. But we need to support the Tenth Amendment most of all because states have individual rights too. Remember the states created the federal government to basically just track and trace interstate commerce. That's all you guys were supposed to be there to do is be the referee. Now you're the referee of our living rooms. Now you watch us everywhere, and then you tell us you're watching us. Total creepville. Everybody's cool with it though. Yeah, we're watching. Yeah, we're reading emails. Yeah, we're you know, listening to phone calls. And yeah, we can turn your cell phone on and listen to what you're saying, even if it's turned off. Yeah, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? Wow. And all of this stuff is documented, everybody. All of it. So it gets even crazier. So now to the gun, the gun stuff. It's so fun. Ready? My wife actually left this up for me because she probably knew it was going to get me fired up. And this actually happened last year, and I knew about this last year, but I think it got shot down somewhere, so they're now reintroducing it. And this is through Microsoft, it's through MSN, and it's street scanner to detect concealed guns. This is in New York. So now they're going to go for complete disarmament. You watch this. With that new with that new law that the um what was it, Cuomo or what is it, whatever his name is put out up in New York, they're gonna go for it. They're going to go for complete disarmament of the New York City population. Nobody's going to have a gun, and now we're just going to put these cameras everywhere that detect the heat, and and we can see if you're carrying a gun. Has anybody thought that that might be a Fourth Amendment violation? No, but it's for the greater good. You know, it's for it's to keep you safe. Really, I do not want to live in total recall, everyone. I don't want to live in Robocop land. I actually like my privacy. I don't want to walk down the street and know that, you know, maybe maybe my cell phone or I put I don't I don't know. Maybe I put a, a banana in my pocket to take the work and it looks like a freaking gun and then I get pulled over by the cops in question. I don't know. But this is ridiculous. Remember, those who sacrifice security for safety shall get neither. Was it liberty for safety? I'll have to look that up too. But it's just ridiculous. But but nobody cares. It's like, well, you know, they they know what they're doing, I guess. Let's say so here is a portion of the article that reads as follows. Given the two hundred and twenty one years since the Second Amendment was adopted, the gun debate has accelerated at a remarkable pace over the last six months. Yeah, because we see what's going on with the government and we're like, This is kinda not cool. What are you guys doing? First came the demand to revisit laws matched by a caution against overzealousness. Remember this is MSNBC that got banker bailouts from everybody. So I wonder which way they're gonna go. Next came the proposed legislation and the fevered backlash against it. Here in phase three, a nation newly sensitized to gun issues is elevating secondary debates to polarize the top tier. Should a newspaper have identified the names and addresses of local permanent holders? <laughs> no. 
But hey, spying on us without warrant since 1996, it's all good now. We're just going to throw it in your face. Was the NRA attack ad referencing Obama's daughter's fair game? Um, you mean pointing out the fact that all these people that call for social controls have armed guards at their children's schools, and most of them have a carrying concealed permit like Diane Feinstein? I want a weapons man. I want to get all the guns. Don't you have a carrying concealed permit? Don't listen to those crazy conspiracy theorists. Of course I do, but I need your firearms. You can't be trusted. Once again, it's the state is God. And you are the slaves. And you're watched everywhere. You're tracked everywhere. You're traced everywhere. They're exempt. You're a slave. Get it? Starting to really make sense now? That's why the cameras are everywhere. That's why they're wanting these little heat sensor things. That's why they want it all. Because they're going to teach you how to obey. That's it. And then when you when you start a groundswell, when you start a grassroots movement about liberty and freedom, they're like, look at these crazy right-wingers. Look at these crazy people. They want liberty. They want freedom. They want limited government. They want sound money. What is wrong with these guys? Don't they want to live in America? Yeah, I want to live in the original America. I want to live in the United States, the one that was written down in 1776, that one. That's the one I want to live in, the one that had 10% growth. Up until we got a Federal Reserve System. 10% growth every year as a nation. Holy crap. Now what do we get? 5% inflation. Bye-bye, money. 5% inflation, everybody. Doubling time on that is 12 years. Yikes. Oh, excuse me, 12.5 years. What does that mean? That means your money's cut in half after 12 and a half years. So invest all you want. As long, if you're not breaking 6%, you're not even beating inflation. Come on out. It's a game you can't win. Oh, and then here's the next portion of the article. I'm sorry. Did anti-gun advocates misrepresent a congress congressman's position by selectively editing his TV ad? No, they would never do that. The anti-gunners, just they just want to protect everyone. They just want all the safety in the world. No, you guys are tyrants. Leave the Constitution alone. I mean… I understand that guns are scary. They make a loud noise. I really get that. But you really don't want to go down this road. And I'm kind of glad that they're going down this road now because it's waking the people up. It's waking the people up to go, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you guys do this? And then people are going out and doing research and going, oh, wait, wait, wait. You can't do that. You can't make an executive order that trumps the Constitution. You can't do that. Well, once again, the executive order is not there to be enforced, and they're going to start selectively enforcing it. You watch. It's not there to be enforced. It's there to get the debates so they can get the Feinstein law in there and then use the momentum from the executive orders and the kids and the high-fiving and all that crap, political theater, to the nth degree. Obama, that was disgusting. Like I said, I'll back you if you – if if they take you know the we didn't build that stuff and they run with it like they did last time, I'll back you, dude. It was just you're not – there's no such thing as a free lunch completely taken out of context, and then they ran with it. I'll back you on that, but don't high-five the kids when you're talking about taking my guns. I'm going to get the guns for you. Woo! We're going to get them. Creepy stuff. And all these guys that are up there that are talking about these bands, they've said it before. It's not like they just woke up and were like, oh my god, the Sandy Hook kids. Oh, 
so sad. We got to get the guts. We got to do something. No, I mean, you guys had this agenda long before, and it's oh, it's the Rahm Emanuel. You can't let a, a great crisis go to waste. What I mean by that is you can do things that you normally couldn't do in a different scenario. Yeah. So get the public all riled up and then divide and conquer us and then throw some legislation in there that's completely over the top and then get us to react because that's the that's the exciting part, remember? And then the news media will come out there and it'll show a right winger and it'll show somebody at a gun show and it'll show somebody buying ammo and be like, look at these terrorists. These guys are crazy. They're buying all kinds of ammo. Once again… If the government wasn't doing dystopic things, I wouldn't be freaking out. If you guys aren't buying 1.6 billion bullets and armored tanks and putting up checkpoints everywhere, I wouldn't freak out. The DUI checkpoint is one thing. Do I see some variance in that? Yes. Is it unconstitutional? Absolutely. But do I see some point to it? Yeah. A little bit. You're probably going to help some people and you're going to revenue generate a little bit. It's probably not a bad thing. But gang checkpoints and stuff like that where they're going to start searching cars for guns, whoa now, whoa. So I've got a little bit of time left, and I do want to get to this. One thing that I found out about the call yesterday that we did with one of my groups is here in the state of Georgia, and this is happening all over the United States, everybody. But um, here in the state of Georgia, if you live here, we have House Bill number 92, which is um, actually been introduced. House Bill 92 is somewhat of a deterrent for the NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act, basically stating that the military can't be used against the civilians or the citizens. Well, what it doesn't cover is it doesn't cover federal federal people like the FBI, CIA, those kinds of guys. So we're going to try to push to get some of these things rectified. But what I do want to bring out is, like I said before, there's some really good sheriffs here in the state of Georgia, and I want to recognize you guys on my show. From Oconee County, Scott Berry. From Gilmer County, Stacy Nicholson. These are all sheriffs. And from Cherokee County, Roger Garrison. Why do you want to recognize these guys, Jake? Because these guys went out on their own and said that they will not support any legislation that infringes on our Second Amendment. None. And that's what you need. Once again, this is going to be a grassroots movement, everybody. So think about it in this perspective. We are the ragtag band of of people. We're probably coming from all walks of life, all income levels, all of that. But what we have to do is we have to get together and realize that what's going on in Washington is not for the betterment of the American people. And there's a reason that all these checks and balances were in place in the Constitution is so that a government could not get out of control. And we were all about limited government. We we're all about this. And the expansion of government since the 80s, since the Ronald Reagan era with the neocons and neoconservatives, which, which believe that preemptive wars are the way to go, having little recourse for blowback, and taking everything that the state says as, as the gospel have got us into a really bad position. It just has. 
I mean, look at the exchange that happened between between Rand Paul and and Senator, um, excuse me, um, Hillary Clinton. Look at that. It's like, hey, if you if you were under my cabinet and you didn't see this transcript come across, and you didn't do anything, I'd fire you. And she's like, well, what difference does it make? Oh no, what difference does it make? It's four dead Americans. It doesn't make any difference. That's like the person that it's never their fault. You ever seen those people like, oh well, you know, I didn't, you know, I I I got in the wreck because that person stopped too quickly. Well, you were following too close. What well, only? I mean, they shouldn't have stopped. Never their fault. Now, I don't want to go after the Clintons because you guys have got some history, son. And if you guys haven't looked into that, look into uh, look into Bill Clinton in Arkansas when he was uh, when he was uh, governor up there, mayor or whatever the heck he was, governor, excuse me. Look into that. That'll creep you out. Well, now you'll see why I never attack those people. I'm, look, I don't mess around with the power structure. I'm just trying to point out things that are in the news that you're getting whitewashed on. And whitewashed means they're going to come out with some they're going to come out with some piece and they're going to want you to think of it in a certain way. And they're going to they're going to downplay it like, yeah, we're, yeah, global government's there. Yeah, we're owned by foreign banks. Yeah, China own, you know, loans us a lot of our debt, but that's good. That's good. We need we need that. So, here is a sheriff standing up for the second amendment. And this is an audio clip, and this was a nice little interview that this guy did, went and talked to his local sheriff. This is the stuff that we should be doing. Everybody should be doing this. Go talk to your local sheriff. I mean, they're approachable people. They're elected officials. Excuse me. Servants. God, i got to stop saying that. They are elected servants, so you have the right to go talk to these people. So here's the clip. So, so your resolution makes it uh, where if – the federal government tries to make certain laws that say, you know, uh, more regulations, more rules and regulations. Okay, as of right now, you're saying not as of right now, but it's it's basically that you won't uh, enforce those laws. Correct? Absolutely, you're absolutely correct. I will not enforce anything, okay. any kind of unconstitutional laws, and in particular, I will not enforce anything that they say that goes against the Second Amendment ever. I'll put myself between them. And I will – trust me, when I tell you this, I mean it. I will take my uniform off, and I will stand with freedom before I stand with the, the tyrannical thugs. Absolutely not. I will not in any way, shape, or form support anything that goes against the Constitution or the Second Amendment. I will, dis, I will not I will not disarm anyone in my borough or anyone in the country as far as that's concerned. You know, you look at what happened down in Katrina, down in Louisiana, where they had to they deportized all these police officers as marshals or federal agents from all over the country. You know, and they're beating up eighty-year-old women because they had a little revolver in their hand. That's disturbing. That's disgusting. Yeah. These guys, these thugs, took. You know, they violated their oath, and and they're thugs. They're nothing more than thugs, and they they make they disgust me. God, I want that guy as my sheriff. Holy cow! And what he's talking about, everybody, you can go on um, We Are Not Cattle T or We Are Not Cattle TV on YouTube. And you can find the uh, Katrina gun confiscation on my channel. It's ridiculous. They bust into this woman's house. She's got a revolver sitting in the corner freaking out because a bunch of soldiers, American soldiers, troops, busted into her house and are going to confiscate her guns. And she's sitting there, and they pistol whip her. They pistol whip an American citizen freaking out. 
like, oh, bang! Yeah, give me your gun. Yeah, that's right. Lay on the ground. Get ready. Just absolute thuggery. And it's awesome that the guy calls him out on it. Like, this is this is absolute... This is ridiculous. This is... You guys are acting like a bunch of thugs. And he knows. A lot of people know, man. And this is what's getting exciting. They're also scary at the same time because now you're starting to get the groundswell of the people that really understand how the government works. They're really understanding how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be the state and the people empower the legislators. That's what it's supposed to be. And instead, we've got the top-down bloated government now that's trying to push agendas onto the people, and the people are going to start fighting back. Not physically. They're going to start fighting, fighting back politically. And believe me, the more, that your, the more that your dollar gets devalued, the more you're going to start listening to my show, and the more you're going to have friends of yours listening to my show because it's the truth, everyone. They can't do what they've been doing. They can't continue it. They can't sustain it. It is unsustainable what they're doing. And the longer that they print the money, the longer that we're in these wars, the longer that we fund all these radical jihadis, which is the last article I want to get to because it's absolutely ridiculous when you understand what's going on in our foreign policy. And here is the article, and this is out of the Associated Press. UN humanitarian chief in Syria for talks. UN humanitarian, that is the biggest oxymoron I've ever heard in my life. Anyway, so I'm going to skip halfway down to the article, and I'm going to tell you why it's so phony. The humanitarian situation is already catastrophic and clearly getting worse, and this is from the um, – this is speaking at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Remember, these guys are all rubbing their hands together trying to get Assad out of the way so they can have their big war with Iran so they can sell everybody weapons and, and make tons and tons of money again. Shocker. This is not new. This is not new, guys. War is a racket. Remember that. War is a racket. The humanitarian situation in Syria is already catastrophic and clearly getting worse, she said. What we are seeking now are the cons- or what we are seeing now are the consequences of a failure of international community to unite and resolve the crisis. No, they're doing an excellent job. They're destabilizing the nation over the last year and a half. And they're going to try to remove Assad so they can get the foothold in there and go ahead and position themselves for Iran and then probably stage some kind of fake terror attack in in the uh, Strait of Hormuz. And now we got World War III. Because remember, it's the same playbook every time. You have currency wars, trade wars, and then hot wars or real wars. That's what they do. The same thing every time. Just look for it. So you're starting to see we got currency wars all currency wars all over the world now. Just look at just just Google currency war, wars um, Europe currency wars America because we're in one with China. China's like, hey, you guys don't need to start that printing press unless you want to borrow more money from us. Then you can do it. Oh, by the way, Obama, go get the guns. We want the guns. Yeah, you got foreign governments telling our government to go get the firearms. Really creepy stuff. <clears throat> World powers remain divided on how to solve the crisis. You mean how to loot the country, and they haven't figured out how they're going to do that yet. The U.S. and many Arab and European countries have also called on Assad to step down, while Russia and China and Iran refuse to pressure the outside, seeking the, ha- the hesitation, well, the hasten to the regime's fall. So. Here's what's happening. 
the U.S. and all these other allied countries are starting to say, Assad, you need to step down, you need to step down, you need to step down because we've got to put the Muslim Brotherhood in. We've got to put al-Qaeda in. We've got to have a reason to come back to this area in the future, or we just got to get the position so that we can have a quick strike to Iran. And Iran is pushing back saying that if you guys start a war with Syria, it's a war on Iran, and then Russia and China will jump in and – Come on out, everybody. That will not be fun at all. On Saturday, here it comes. Iran made its strongest warning to date that it could not that it could intervene militarily to help Assad's regime. So basically, telling the United States that listen, you guys keep sending these Al Qaeda forces in there, and if that's all over the news, everyone, Google. Um, Let's see, um, U.S. funding al-Qaeda jihadis or U.S. funding Syrian rebels. It's all over the place. Our government publicly is funding these radical jihadis that are trying to overthrow this government. Not that I like Assad, but what is going on? You know, everybody's like, oh, we're the police of the world. No, we're not. We're not. We're the hammer, and that we are the power of the world. We are the world government's fist. And we're going into all these other countries that don't want world government, that got dictators set up, and we're just saying, hey, guess what? You're out. You don't want to play ball? You're out. Look at what happened with Gaddafi, and I talked about this before. And look this up. This will, this will blow your mind because Gaddafi wanted to start trading oil in euros or in gold, and he did start trading oil and gold right before he got toppled. By the Muslim Brotherhood, or whomever we want to call it. Then they go in there with their big ethnic cleansing and line up tens of thousands of blacks and chop their head off. On record. So understand that we're not playing sweetie cakes with these guys over there in Syria. This is not this is not, you know, helpful free humanity. No. That's what they sell it to you as. This is a war of aggression. AKA preemptive war. Whatever you want to call it. They gotta be concerned with the opportunity of blowback. And blowback is exactly what we got from 9-11. Are there some holes in 9-11 story? Sure. Tons of them. But then again, <clears throat> you keep attacking these countries, and then we say it's not an attack because we're there to, you know, regime change. It's not an attack. It's like when the Branch Davidians started ramming the you know, ramming the or the the Fed started ramming the compound of the Branch Davidians and said, "This is not an attack. Come out with your hands up." So, total twilight zone. And it says, as quoted, and back to the article, as quoted by a semi-officer in the in the Murrah News Agency, an aide to the Syrian Supreme Leader, said Syria held a key position among a group of Middle Eastern powers opposed to the U.S. and Israel's influence in the region. They're just setting it up. They're setting it up, and we have to watch this because this is the turning point. If you get the power structure to line up, if you get all of these coalitions and stuff lining up, that's, that's Creepville time. That's super creepy. And I know that everybody in America thinks that war happens somewhere else, but Lord have mercy, it may happen here one day, and you don't want that. It's okay to get upset that our country is sending drones over. Every Tuesday morning, Barack Obama signs his drone order of who our target list is. 
that's crazy. That is crazy. Here's my kill list for the week. Go get them, guys. And the American public wants to think that, well, drones are safer than sending troops over, so that's okay. No, you're still killing people that have a 4% success rate. It's like less than five. It's like four or three. Look it up. Drone attacks, 3% success rate. And then we say that you can kill 200 people at a wedding. That's collateral damage. That's fine as long as you get the one supposed bad guy, which didn't get a trial, nothing. So out of control with this stuff. Got to rein it in. So anyway, I'm going to post all these articles. Uh, That's all the time I got. I ran a little bit over today. But guys, just pay attention. This stuff is going on. And for those of you that live in and around Atlanta, just letting you know, February 16th, this is plenty of time in advance, and I'll be hyping this every week. February 16th, that Saturday, downtown Atlanta, Federal Reserve Building, noon, be there, protesting the Fed. Protect your dollar, people. Get out there and make some noise. I mean, this is what it's all about. We are in a fight for our nation right now. And if you don't want to be involved, then that's fine. Then sit on the sidelines. But don't just sit here and listen to my to my radio show and think that you did something good. You got to get out and do something. Whether it's call your local sheriff, call you, call your representative and ask them what they're doing to stop the NDAA. Do something. But remember, this is the time, guys. This is the time to stand up for liberty. And speaking of that, go check out my new YouTube video. It's on um, wearenotcattle.net, the main screen. And you can also find it on um, We Are Not Cattle TV on the YouTube station. And remember to follow me on Twitter, We Are Not Cattle One. Sorry for all the sh- shameless plugs, but that's it, guys. Remember, love liberty, love freedom, get a friend, get informed, and get involved. And let's stop globalization. Doesn't that sound like fun? Doesn't it sound like returning the republic to 10% growth? Doesn't that sound like fun? Doesn't it sound like fun to bring jobs back here? All we got to do is wake up to the Federal Reserve fraud and take our government back and replace it with limited government and not have the welfare state and the nanny state that we have now as well as the police state. Everybody wake up. Enjoy it. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. I'll see you guys next Sunday, 10 o'clock. Thanks for listening, everyone. Feeling that